Just a quick heads up, this show contains sensitive and graphic material that might not be for everyone. If you don't enjoy in-depth true crime, humor about true crime, and drinking, please don't continue. We want to be respectful of the victims in these crimes, but as for the criminal, we just don't give a shit. Welcome to Crimes and Cocktails, a podcast where we explore true crime while drinking a customized cocktail created by us, your bartenders. Hey guys, it's Tabitha. And I'm Katie. And welcome to another episode of Crimes and Cocktails. I just want to say thank you guys for your patience. We've been having some technical difficulties. Uh, basically, yeah. yeah, I don't know. We, Katie's gone through like five mics. I bought a new mic, and now I'm actually recording on my old mic right now. I don't know what the fuck's going on. We're cursed. We're cursed. Is what it is. Something happening. And then we're finally like cursed. re-recording this episode, and I got new neighbors downstairs, and the kid literally, I think it was like bath time, the kid literally started screaming at the top of his lungs and like sounded like he was hitting a wall and the dog started barking i'm just like dear god i'm actually under a blanket right now (laughs) trying to mute some sound (laughs) and then i have new neighbors moving in and so my dog's barking (laughs) (laughs) might hear a little mini action in the back yeah Uh, okay so we're gonna talk about um many of you guys have probably seen the netflix case um the Netflix documentary that came out, American Murder, The Family Next Door. If you've been binge-watching documentaries on during your quarantine like me, I think I've actually seen every every documentary there is, actually, and I'm actually repeating some of the old ones right now. But the really popular one right now is American Murder, The Family Next Door, which talks about the Watts family murders that actually happened not that long ago. It was in 2018. Yeah, so we uh, we actually watched this documentary together, and we decided that we did not want to do an episode on Chris Watts, nah. <laughs> um, which is why we're here recording an episode on Chris Watts. Yeah. Um, after we were thinking about it for a while, the case kind of bothered both of us, so we wanted to research just a little bit more into what happened and talk about why this case has blown up and is everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm just kind of more someone who, I mean, we'll talk about it in a second, but for me, this case was just kind of like, okay, it was solved in like five days. Like, yeah, it's so I like to dry. have a little bit more of an investigation. Yeah, I don't know. For sure. So, but we're here, and you're here, and... and so let's drink together. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> so Katie actually came up with this drink for this uh, episode. Yeah, it's called Death in the Rockies, because um, our case takes place in Colorado this week. So you're going to take two ounces of gin, a quarter ounce of fresh lemon juice, muddle some blueberries and some sage, shake it up with some ice, strain it over a glass, um, an ice-filled glass, and top it off with just a bit of soda water. It's pretty good. I'm yeah. not a gin person, and I actually enjoy this drink. 
I am a gin person, and I extra enjoy this drink. So. <laughs> Either way, you guys should be set. It's good. It's helping me under this blanket. <laughs> <laughs> Try to cool down. <laughs> if you want the full recipe, be sure to follow us on our Instagram at Crimes and Cocktails. And also, we owe our new patron, Brandon, three shots today. Cheers! Because Yay. Brandon signed up for our triple shot level. Thank you, Brandon. I feel like I should play a horn like burr, burr, burr. <laughs> yeah, so we might blast you guys' ears with that yeah, maybe later. I'll put that in and post uh, thank Uh-oh. you for supporting us Brandon I'm going to space my shots out I have them all lined up here I'm not doing gin though I no. don't like gin I will drink the gin in this drink I will not take a <laughs> shot of gin Nope. I won't take a shot of gin either so we'll take uh, some shot breaks throughout the episode actually um, <laughs> I was talking about this with my friend today who's also a bartender and she mm-hmm. was asking me, she's like, did you ever have people that would just order shots of vodka? Like, do you ever think that's weird? And I had to think about it for a minute, and I was like, you know, I actually don't remember having very many people order just a shot of plain vodka. Oh, I had this guy who would come in, and he would get a double vodka and just drink it super fast. And that was it. And then he would get another one. And I then feel like, like people who nasty. drink vodka, but he didn't drink it with any chaser. He just drank Nothing. shit vodka. Okay, yeah, so that's vodka. what I told her. I was like, I feel like vodka, if it's not, like, in a cocktail, which is where I would prefer my vodka, it's, like, Russians, <laughs> obviously, because that's, like, their drink. Or yeah. it's, like, alcoholics. <laughs> this guy was definitely an alcoholic. Or you got, you know, your sorority <laughs> girls. They're, like, vodka water, like, watching calories or something like yeah. that. Yeah. But Even I was vodka like, water is better than just plain straight up vodka. It tastes like rubbing alcohol. But like no. vodka and gin are like two liquors that I'm just like, I will not take shots of that. Unless yeah. I'm already trash. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing left. Hand me whatever. <laughs> and more of like when I go, I would, I guess like I would never pay to take a shot of like vodka or uh, definitely not gin or rum. Yeah. Like if, if I'm somebody pay handed it to bar, me for free, like all right (laughs) i can't say no (laughs) all right free is for me so if you guys want us to take shots uh for you someday you can head over to our patreon which is patreon.com slash crimes and cocktails and sign up Uh, we have some pretty cool swag for y'all uh starting at the five dollar level you can get early access to our episodes and then some extra content get a swag bag Um, yes please sign up um if nothing else uh, we need Tabitha for Tabitha. So Tabitha's sitting here recording with her headphones that don't have any cushions on them. Her ears are you know, literally bleeding. It's really not that bad. <laughs> okay, let me explain why I don't have cushions on my headphones. I mean, uh, even if you saw a picture of me, which I may post on our Instagram of how I look right now, I look ridiculous under this blanket, but I I have headphones and the someone gave them to me because my phone headphones broke and they're like, oh, I have these really nice headphones. I don't I don't need them. They're like the Beats ones. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. But then the cushion started flaking because it was like old. So I ordered oh, new ew. cushions <laughs> on Amazon, but I didn't realize that there's different sizes for cushions. And okay. <laughs> when I got them, I was too excited to put them on that I already took the knife and like cut off my old cushions. And then I <laughs> took the new ones out of the box and realized they were twice the size of my headphones. And I was like, fuck (laughs) like like, damn it (laughs) so I've been waiting for new cushions I just ordered some yesterday but I kind of been roughing it for like two weeks now without 
cushions. <laughs> I'm using my hair as a cushion <laughs> right now. <laughs> so basically help us. <laughs> but also, if you help our Patreon, you will help us little by little improve our sound quality. We're really trying. We've gone through like six different softwares. Like I said, Katie's had like five different mics. Yeah. Um, if anything, you can get a muzzle for the dog. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously, if, I'm so sorry. Minerva will not be silenced. This is um, the best we can do. I'm really sorry, guys. <laughs> All right, if let's... it helps, she's really cute. She is cute. <laughs> she's just evil. <laughs> I'm going to take a shot. <laughs> Thank you, Brandon, for, I'm gonna need one. <laughs> for helping me pave the way to a better sound quality for you. Yeah. Ding, ding. Cheers. Oh. I got my hair in my mouth. Whew. So not doing, not doing gin. I took a shot of tequila. That's yeah, my I preference. I have tequila too. <laughs> nice. <laughs> okay, so the Watts family murders. Like I said, this case bothered me so much, and I think it's because he killed his kids. I think that's like what it is. It's just like so hard for me right now. It's just that it's he's a dad, and apparently yeah. he looked like a loving dad. Like, I'm sure a lot of you saw the Netflix documentary, which showed a lot of Facebook footage from his wife, Shanann, uh, Facebook page, and it's just like, he's, like, wrestling his kids and stuff, so that was pretty hard. Uh, a lot of people actually compare this case to the Scott Peterson case, which we just did an episode on that uh, two episodes ago. And it's kind of funny because on my personal Instagram, I put, like, a poll up, like, do people, you know, for, to, about the Scott Peterson case? And a lot of people actually messaged me, like, but did you hear about Chris Watts? Because they just automatically connect the two, and I just think it's because they're both men who killed their pregnant wives. I think out of the two of them, though, Chris Watts is so much worse because oh, he did kill definitely, Definitely. I mean... Uh, just the way and everything about it it just makes it 10 times worse to me and I don't really think they're the same there's some there's some comparisons you can make about both Chris Watts and Scott Peterson with their personality and stuff but in many ways they're so different I mean yeah they both had an affair and they both had a pregnant wife but there's still a lot of differences so I guess we'll go ahead and get started into this and go to the beginning <laughs> yes, back to the beginning. Back to the beginning. <laughs> so here I am. Okay. Zini. <laughs> okay, I'm going to stop. <laughs> Alright, so Shanann Catherine Ruzik was born on January 10th, 1984 in New Jersey to parents Frank and Sandra. She had one younger brother, uh, Frank Jr., who she was very close with. She was still uh, pretty young when they moved to North Carolina. Um, and they moved to Aberdeen, North Carolina. She attended Pinecrest High School. Her family and friends said she was outgoing, friendly, and hardworking. In 2002, she married Leonard King. The pair were married until 2008 when they divorced because King said Shanann worked too much and would not come home at night and withdrew from him despite trying marriage counseling. Hmm. So, um, and then Christopher Lee Watts was born May 16th, 1985 in Spring Lake, North Carolina to parents Cindy and Ronnie Watts. He had one sister, Jamie. As a kid, Chris was said to have been shy, quiet, and calm. He was an honor student and through high school and after graduation, um, or he was an honor student all through high school. And then after graduation, he went to the NASCAR Academy and worked as a mechanic. There's a NASCAR Academy? 
Yeah. Dude, North Carolina. I mean, I don't know if it's on North Carolina. Do you have actually, to wear, but... like, those sunglasses to go to school there? Yes. <laughs> and, and have a mustache? if you're not first, you're last. So. <laughs> <laughs> you're not first, you're last. Uh, actually, I was reading an interview with the FBI that took place last year in 2019. And mm-hmm. he was saying that when he was growing up, he was always that guy that was trying to coax people down and trying to calm people down. He was always, like, the calm guy. Yeah. And he uh, never dated anyone in high school. He didn't stand out. He was just kind of a regular guy. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know. It's kind of where he was at. He, like, I guess he, a lot of people said, like, he never liked conflict. He never, mm-hmm. I don't know, got into any trouble, which is kind of one of the similarities with Scott Peterson, I would say. Yeah, I felt like they were both, I mean, obviously they had more issues than just that, but they, I felt like not being confrontational, let like a lot of emotions just get pushed down and then it finally bubbled up into these, into this like horrendous way. Yeah. And that's actually, that reminds me. So the other thing that in that interview they're talking about was his dad had a cocaine problem when I want to say he was in high school or something like that. And they just didn't talk about it. I guess, like, his mom thought maybe uh, his dad was cheating on her because a lot of money was disappearing from the account and he was gone a lot of hours. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, they ended up finding out what the problem was. But it was, like, never really dealt with. Um, So, yeah, just no confrontation. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. (laughs) (laughs) It really is. (laughs) You don't got enough snow out there, but, yeah. Uh, so in 2008, a friend of Shannon or Shannon or Shannon, however you she wanted to say that, I think it's Shannon. Shannon, yeah. Shannon, Shannana, Shannon. Uh, they sent <laughs> her. Uh, so one of her friends wanted to set her up with someone, and they were like, "Hey, check this person out. He's gonna send you a Facebook request. You should like date him." And she just deleted the request because she had just gotten out of her marriage and was, you know, dealing with lupus and all, or I guess she wasn't really dealing with it just yet, but she was just in a place where she didn't really want to meet anyone at the time, wasn't really interested. And this person was actually Chris Watts. Uh, Two months later, she was diagnosed with lupus, which is an inflammatory disease that left her in a lot of pain and always feeling tired. She had already, before this, been diagnosed with diabetes, endometriosis, fibromyalgia, let me say that again, fibromyalgia, (laughs) and celiac disease. Uh, So she had a crazy concoction of stuff going on there. I mean, that's a lot of, like, certain things you can't eat, uh, certain things you can't do. I know with endometriosis, that's, like, something that sometimes you feel great one day, and the next day you're just flat out on your back. So that's pretty rough to be dealing with all that. Yeah, and so young. Yeah, and pretty young. Uh, 2008, she would have been in her 20s, I think. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. She had to quit her job, basically, of nine years uh, working at the Dirty South. (laughs) Is that really what it's called? The Dirty South? (laughs) Yeah. I think it was was a car parts place. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I was picturing something else. (laughs) It was a strip bar. What kind of parts place was this? (laughs) But she was the manager there, and a lot of her friends uh, kind of stopped talking to her because they just didn't really understand what she was going through. And just, I mean, you know, sometimes when you're going through stuff like that, people just, they don't have the empathy to relate, or they just don't want to or can't. 
And so they just kind of start phasing out of your life. So she was feeling pretty lonely around this time. And Chris Watts, that guy, still sliding, trying to slide into the DMs, sent her another friend request. Some things never change. <laughs> Sometimes you have that guy that just... <laughs> Won't stop. <laughs> He's going to keep trying. <laughs> and sometimes you're successful in the end. But uh, so he sent her another request and she's like, you know what? Whatever. I'll go ahead and add it. I may not even ever meet this guy in person. So Shanann said that this was actually one of the darkest times in her life. And Chris turned out to be one of the best things in her life. Or so she thought at the time. I guess Chris was like driving her to... A lot of her doctor's appointments. He was kind of like that guy that was always there when she needed to talk to someone. Um, and he just saw her at her worst and accepted her. Uh, around this time, she started working for an MLM company called Lavelle, which I find ironic that it's called Lavelle when it's definitely like a levels uh, pyramid scheme company. Yeah, they weren't very clever with that. <laughs> no, they weren't. Uh, and she was selling Thrive Natural Supplements. Total pyramid scheme. The patches that you see, uh, if you watch the documentary, you'll see patches on her arm sometimes, or on Chris's arm, or even her friend Nicole's. Those are the patches she was selling. And I freaking hate pyramid schemes. <laughs> Same. They are the absolute worst thing to ever happen to a single mom or <laughs> a stay-at-home mom. <laughs> anyway, I mean, I don't want to like totally hate because. Uh, if you're listening to this and you do this, I'm so sorry. I still love you. But <laughs> I have so many friends that are in these pyramid schemes. We love you, but don't message us. Hey, boss, babe. Ever. Hey, boss, babe. Hey, boss, Just babe. Don't. I'll have people that... Okay, so I started getting into working out this year. And I posted something like, oh, you know, lost this many pounds. I got like yeah. three different people that DM'd me. That's so exciting that you're losing weight, blah, blah, blah. I have this amazing product you should try. And these are people that I haven't talked to in years. Yeah, it's always is. It always starts with like, <laughs> how are you doing? How's it going? Blah, blah, blah. And then they, they really don't care about how you're doing. I mean, maybe they no. do, but they don't seem like they, they do. <laughs> because immediately they start to sell me something. And I'm just like, ah, cool. I remember this one time when I graduated college. <laughs> this girl I hadn't talked to since high school messaged me like, congratulations on graduating. I know this is such a big deal to you. I want to send you a gift. And I was like, oh, that's so sweet. Like, you don't have to do it. She's like, I'm going to send you a $50 credit to my $100 product. I was like, yeah, what? So I can make money. So, so I still have to pay out 50 bucks? <laughs> like, no. In the beginning, I was actually pretty naive. Like, anytime someone worked for something I think like the original one that I can remember is like Mary Kay or something like that yeah and I would always want to support my friends in their endeavors so I would buy something but then you're just getting bombarded or it's like it's a membership it's a monthly fee it's a now mm -hmm. I'm not doing that anymore I'm selling necklaces oh and I'm not selling necklaces anymore I'm selling shakes and I'm just like I'm poor <laughs> like make your own product and you know I, feel I respect like... the hustle, but when it's, I feel bad because I feel like these women, and it's usually women, um, are tricked because they have to put a whole bunch of money forward, right. and then, you know, only a few of them are actually going to make any money back, and then the company makes their money either way. Then they're stuck with these products, but they're trying to find a good way to work while still raising their kids yeah. if they're young. And so I'm like, okay, I could see that you're trying here, but... 
these companies take advantage (laughs) of women. I mean, the reality is that in today's society, like both the man and the woman or, you know, woman, woman, man, man, whatever, they both have to work to make it, especially if you have kids. And these companies know that and they pray, I feel like, pray on. And sometimes... I do have a few friends that are quite successful with it. One of my friends sells Herbalife. She's now got like a million followers and all stuff. But she she did the extra work where she lost a shit ton of weight. And it was Mm -hmm. it wasn't really from Herbalife. I mean Herbalife helps, but it was mainly because she changed her diet. Was putting in the work. She put in the work at the gym. But people see that and so she started Mm -hmm. selling this product. What I like about her though and this is why I think she's actually pretty successful and she doesn't annoy me with it <laughs> is because she posts posts on her Instagram or her Facebook like having my Herbalife shake let me know if you're interested she doesn't like message people and yeah. comment only oh you look great try Herbalife you know what I mean like she's yeah. not just like like it's more like she's there and if I'm interested I can approach her yeah, and that's fine. Like, do it. Yeah. Or if you even message me once, that's fine. But just after I say no, don't keep messaging me. Yeah, I mean, so. I sell stuff on the internet. That's how I'm Ugh. surviving through yeah. this unemployment and quarantine right now. I'm selling stuff on the internet, and a lot of my yeah, posts so are, I. hey, I just made this. Buy this. <laughs> Listen, support <laughs> me on Patreon. <laughs> yeah, but, I know. But you're letting them come to you, so it's, you know. Yeah. So it's not just me messaging. How annoying Pretending would that you be? Care about their life Can you imagine if we went through like our <laughs> our Instagram for crimes and cocktails, and we messaged all of our followers like, "Hey, support us on Patreon." <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> They'd be like, "Unfollow and follower. block." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyways, I went on a big tangent. Uh, again, don't hate me if you're one of my friends that is totally involved in a pyramid scheme, but also don't sell me shit. I'm broke. <laughs> Like you just heard, I don't have headphone cushions. She doesn't have headphone cushions. She can't buy I can't your afford to buy a beauty product that's probably not going to work and it's going to cost more than I make in a day. So, anyways, uh, this, I think, so I was watching the documentary and it showed that Shanann had purchased a house and she was really proud of herself. She had purchased a house on her yeah. own and all the stuff like that. I kind of think that it was so I think it was from um working Lavelle and she was one of those people that actually did it really well but she was all over social media she was all over social media and also I mean later we're going to talk about it they started having money issues and I think it's just because it's one of those things where you could make a good amount of money to support yourself I don't think you could make a good amount of money to basically pay for a whole family and I mean maybe but they were living kind of above their means later and that's the one thing about being an influencer is your life has to look good all the time mm-hmm. so your nails you got to be done yeah to be who you are yeah, so that and be you like look how great it is look at i have a, i just got a brand new car because i work for lavelle they're amazing blah 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 when really that car payment is probably like a thousand bucks a month so yeah i don't know so after two years of dating, uh, Chris Watts and Shanann married on November 3rd, 2012. Uh, while the couple appeared happy, the Watts family actually did not like Shanann at all. Um, they didn't approve of the marriage. They viewed her as controlling of their son, and they didn't like that she seemed to belittle him. 
Shortly after their marriage, the newlyweds moved to Frederick, Colorado, and began working on building their new home at 2825 Saratoga Trail. Their oldest child, Bella Marie Watts, was born on December 17, 2013, and their second was born on July 17, 2015, and her name was Celeste Catherine, um, but they called her Cece. And yeah. Cece So was... actually, I think I was reading the... I'm not sure if just Bella or both Bella and Cece, but I know at least Bella was actually conceived by one of those... Um, what are those surgeries called where they insert the eggs into your uterus? Yeah, insemination. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. because because she had all no. this stuff going on, like endometriosis, lupus, so she never thought she was going to be able to have kids. So this mm-hmm. is kind of one of those things, too, where those are not cheap to do. No. no and they're definitely not covered by insurance. Good. So it's a lot of money. A lot of money. Yes. And then on top of that, Cece was born with an underdeveloped esophagus, and she had to have several surgeries. Mm. Yeah, so with all that, and then Shanann's health problems, I'm sure. Yep, and then debt from the wedding, the new home, because they built it from the ground up, uh, led the couple to file for bankruptcy in 2015. Not good. Uh, no, not at all. Especially because they're like, what, 30 around this time frame? Yeah, they're in their, they're, I mean, they're still quite young. Or no, well, probably and, early 30s, actually. I think like 33 yeah. or something. Yeah, that sounds about right. Because they were born in, yeah, 84 and 85. Yeah. So in 2018, Shanann and Chris were expecting their third child. So they'd already had two kids, already had debt, filed for bankruptcy, and now it's 2018 and Shanann's pregnant. And this um, one was, I think, natural pregnancy. Yes. Um, there's a video on her that she posted on her Facebook that's surprising Chris with the pregnancy, so it doesn't seem like it was something that was planned at all. Um, I saw this, that video. He's not a good actor. <laughs> no, he does not seem happy at all. Like, he's just, just like... Uh, He's like, eh. and he's like trying to fake being happy, but you can tell that he's not pleased that they're having another kid. Um, and then this time it's a boy, and they are planning on naming him Nico. Yeah, I also like. So part of me was like, oh, he definitely does not look happy, and he like gets out of the camera view. But then the other part of me is like, well, if you have that camera stuck in your fucking face twenty four seven, I'd also be like, can we just have this moment alone? <laughs> Yeah, so Shanann was constantly, constantly filming. Every part of their lives was going up on Facebook. And I'm sure you can tell the big house, what we told you about, how they kind of portrayed themselves, the overspending. She was very concerned about what, um, like, you know, how what they looked like to the public. She was very concerned about appearing like a very happy, kind of perfect family. And um, there were times where things were obviously very staged. You can see that in the documentary where she's just like, oh, no, he's playing with the girls. And she's like, oh, no, get out of the picture. I just want to film the girls or um, get out your phones. We can film the girls greeting you. And like to me, it's really annoying. Yeah, it's super, (laughs) Um, super annoying. Yeah. And I she obviously didn't deserve to get murdered because she was annoying no but but don't be um, annoying <laughs> but uh, yeah don't be annoying annoying people no, get kidding. murdered all the time 
Yeah, they do. <laughs> I thought about murdering annoying people, so. No, I didn't. Yeah, I take so. that back. This is not going to be used for evidence in the future. Yeah. <laughs> no, and so you can kind of see where he's annoyed with that. Um, but, you know, this is another part where it's like his communication skills <laughs> need some help. He could He can voice that to her or have a discussion with her. I mean, I don't know if they did or not, and she continued. Who knows? But um, based on what we know about his personality and what's been said about him not wanting confrontation and conflict, I doubt that he ever did say anything And her personality, to her. too, would probably be like, if he were to come to her and be like, you know, it kind of frustrates me when you're filming and stuff, she'd yeah. be like, this is for my business. Like, I could see her yeah. being like, you don't understand. This is how I make money. This is how I help support the family. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So this takes place in the tiny town of Frederick, Colorado, which actually, so... One of my really good friends, she went to school in Denver, and I told her, I was like, yeah, it's in Frederick, Colorado. She's like, that's not even a town. That's, like, a neighborhood. Like, she's all, that is super tiny, (laughs) super, super tiny. She's like, there's, like, nothing there. And from the footage that I've seen of it, it looks like it. It says there's about 13,000 people that live there, and it's right next to the Rockies. It's, like, in a flat area next to the, it's a little northeast of Boulder, and it's, about a 20-minute drive, 30-minute drive uh, north of Denver. So, very small, tiny. small town, which is kind of like, I'm like, how did this guy think he's going to get away with this in such a tiny town? Yeah. Um, so, late Sunday evening, August 12th, 2018, Shanann Watts was dropped off at home at 2 a.m. by her friend, Nicole Atkinson, after returning home from a business trip in Arizona. The next day, when Shanann did not return any of Nicole's calls and texts, Nicole and her son, Nick, came by to check on her. Yeah, so Nicole was, uh, she said later that over the weekend while they were on their business trip in Arizona that Shanann had been acting kind of funky, wasn't eating right. She was pretty upset because we'll get into it, but she kind of knew something was going on with her husband and she was a little upset about it. And she has had seizures in the past, so, mm-hmm. you know, with this pregnancy and stuff, um, Nicole was just worried, like, maybe she had a seizure or something. like. And actually, when I watched the documentary, I don't remember if they put the timestamp on there. I assumed her friend had come over in the morning to check. After reading the police reports, it was, like, in the afternoon. So that makes yeah. more sense to me why she came over and called the police and stuff like that. Yeah, so she didn't end up calling the police till 1.40 p.m. on yeah, Monday, Yeah, so that's August so much 13. later than I thought. Yeah, so she had been probably, like, quite a few hours while she was trying to reach her and nothing back. And, like, what we told you already of Shanann, she was glued to her phone. So unless something was wrong, she would have been responding. Yeah. Um, An officer was dispatched immediately, and that was Officer um, Scott Coonrad. They checked the outside of the home and the yard. Coonrod. Office- <laughs> yeah, Coonrod. <laughs> you almost I... got it right. You said Conrad <laughs> earlier, and uh-huh. I was like, yep. Coonrod. It's a weird One day. day. <laughs> One day I'll get it right. Probably not, because I'll probably never think about this guy again. But anyway, so he knocked, on the, uh, he knocked on the door, looked at the windows. He didn't see anybody, didn't get a response. Nicole um, had kept trying to contact Chris, and he kept giving her different times that he was going to get home. Um, so she got the feeling that he wasn't actually going to come home, like he wasn't even worried. So Officer Scott called him and asked if he could have the code to enter the garage. Uh, Chris said the code wasn't working to get into the garage, and then he showed up five minutes later. 
Um, he He's probably officer, sweating bullets, honestly. Right? Like, oh, 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 it doesn't work. <laughs> so uh, Chris ended up letting the officer in, and they searched the house. Officer Scott noticed that the place was very neat. There was a bed in the basement, which was messy with blankets. The two girls' beds upstairs were not made as well, um, but they had blankets on it. The master bedroom, however, had all the bedding on the floor. So Officer Scott observed that the sheets were on one side of the bed, blankets and pillows were on the other. He did not see a top sheet. Chris and Shanann typically, uh, or Chris said that Shanann typically sleeps in the bed after an out-of-town trip and then strips everything the next day to go into the wash. Which they checked the washer and all there was in there was just like a few of the kids' clothes in there, so. So while they're looking around doing this search of the house, Chris brings Shanann's wedding ring to Officer Scott and said he found it by the bed on the nightstand. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, okay. <laughs> and they look for her phone, and Chris just suddenly finds it upstairs in the couch cushions. Yeah, I was reading the police report. Okay, so one thing you have to realize, when you watch the documentary, uh, it's edited. I mean, like, it has footage from the cops, but they, they crop time stamps out and stuff so at first I thought everything was just laid out when I read the police report the officer says you know they were looking around and then Scott like oh look I found her ring it was on the nightstand and then they're like well let's try to find her phone and they were calling her like it's off and then they said that Chris went upstairs and was like oh I found it in the couch like super weird why would you know to look there it just yeah he was already being he was already acting really weird Um, And the cop even said that uh, Chris wasn't really acting like someone who's super concerned about his wife missing. And he said that Chris was like, oh, should I go looking for her? And kind of just was that, you know, and again, kind of similar to how Scott Peterson was acting just a little bit, I don't know, off there. Yeah, I know. Uh, so Chris said that actually side note I was like thinking about some of these cases and I was like I told my friend that I go uh, work out with every morning I was like if I don't show up can you please like check on me sooner than like later I don't know like sometimes I I I watched this thing I got sucked into a wormhole on snapchat and it was talking about I don't know I hate those freaking like what are those things, those pop-up stories that come and you have to keep clickbait? Like, you have to keep freaking clicking. Oh, my God. I get I'm sucked always, into they get them. Me. They get me every time. Yeah, <laughs> but I want to know what happened to this Domino's guy. And apparently there was this guy that ordered Domino's every single day for 10 years straight. And then one day he didn't Jesus. order. Yeah, 10 years straight. This guy oh didn't have a life. He ordered for 10 years. Or a stove. Oh, oh my gosh. And I guess he didn't order for like a week and they're like this is really unusual like he didn't say he was going out of town or anything like that so they ended up one of the workers was like I just want to go swing by his house make sure everything's fine which I'm like kudos to these Domino's employees no one ever does that they don't get paid enough for that no and they went and the guy had a he had a stroke and was laying on the floor in his house and oh thankfully, because they could see him through the window, they called the police. The police got there. He actually made a full recovery after laying down there for like three or four days. And then he got free Domino's for life, <laughs> which I was like, the, he's probably on the floor having a heart attack from the Domino's. 
Dude, if I got, you can't eat pizza every day for 10 years straight well, and not have. I thought about that. And Domino's <laughs> does have like pasta or wings or salad. So I mean, I could eat wings every day. Bit. I, um, but still, it still made me like, geez. oh my gosh, I want to make sure that I am found much sooner and not by the Grubhub person that I order from weekly. <laughs> right. Uh, you haven't ordered Chipotle in a while. Mind your own <laughs> business. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, so Chris said that Shannon had come home around 2 a.m. and he said he was asleep on the couch. He said he woke up at 5 a.m. to get ready for work and that he and Shannon had a conversation about separating. He said it was a quote-unquote civil conversation, but a little emotional. Mm-hmm. And that they had been talking about separating for weeks and he said he pulled his truck up to the garage around 527 to load his tools up in and because there had been some theft in the neighborhood. And then he said Shanann was still in bed, but she said she's like, okay, I'm going to take my kid or the kids to a friend's house, but he or she didn't say who. I think this is a little weird because, okay, first of all, if she got home at 2 a.m. and then she's waking up at 5, I don't think she's going to be having a very coherent conversation about this after three hours, maybe two and a half hours of sleep. I also yeah. don't think the conversation is going to finish in less than 20 minutes for him no. to shower, brush his teeth, eat, and get down to load his truck up. Uh, like, if somebody woke me up that soon to talk about a divorce, I'd be like, you could fucking have it. Like, don't wake me up again. <laughs> oh my God, we're good. Bye. Yeah, I, I just thought that was just a stupid story for him to come up with. And uh, a lot of her friends said that he had never mentioned divorce. Um and actually, I think Nicole was there. That was the other thing. This was in the police report. Nicole was there when he said this to the officer, and she was surprised because she had not heard this. And Nicole is, like, Shanann's best friend, I think. Um, or they yeah. were very close, at least. So that's just bullshit already. However, yeah, Shanann would yeah. text Nicole and be like, I ain't getting dick. And yeah. so, like... I'm pretty sure she would have mentioned divorce. She would have mentioned, like, oh, he wants a divorce or something like that. Yeah. But he didn't, she didn't ever say that. And the other thing is if she was going to take the kids to a friend house for the day, I don't think she would leave her phone, her medication, the kids' inhaler, her car, her purse. Like, all that stuff was there. No, she was obviously a good mom. And, like, her daughters had allergies, so they had, like, EpiPens and stuff. She wouldn't have left that and no, taken the kids. No, not at all. Um, or, I mean, she wouldn't, yeah, she definitely wouldn't have left like that. Chris said he went to a job site in Hudson, which is, like, a little town, uh, a little outside of that. I think it's, like, 30 minutes away. For a few hours, he said he was there by himself. And apparently, Shanann's mom, so... Nicole had called Shanann's mom to try and get the code to the house and then Shanann's mom called the police while they were checking this out and she already had a weird suspicion about Chris and was like can you check his truck's GPS Um, which they didn't do at the time they they weren't quite there yet Um, Officer Scott saw that the neighbor had a camera on his garage and so he decided to go and check with the neighbor which is the real true hero of the story everyone's innate in their life Yes, this guy's neighbor awesome. Nathaniel Trina Stitch. I hope that's how you say that. But they went to his house. He had footage. This guy was kind of like that guy that just had knew everything, knew everyone's comings and goings. His camera was really, I think it was sensitive to movement. 
So if a car drove down the street, it would pick that up. And it did show Chris's Chris backing his truck up at 527, and then it shows him driving off about 20 to 30 minutes after that, which is a really long time to load up supposedly like five tools. So kind of weird. Um, the neighbor, after the cop, uh, or after they looked at that footage and stuff like that, uh, Nate said, you know, I've never seen Chris back his truck up like that before. So that was kind of weird. I guess Nicole said, too, she's like, I've never seen him do that either because they said that Chris's truck would leak oil. And so he never wanted to put his truck in the driveway because of that. And also, the little girl's bedroom, uh, Bella and Cece, is above the garage. So Shanann and Chris would always leave through the front door because the girls were really light sleepers. And Nicole said that one time she was with Shanann, Shanann was even too scared to start the car because she didn't want to wake the girls. So it's highly unlikely that he would do this under normal circumstances. And I also thought it was really weird. If you watch the documentary, um, there's like, after they show the footage, Chris is like, he's freaking, probably freaking out. Like he's pacing. He's like watching that camera footage to make sure you know, nothing gets caught, really. Mm-hmm. He's, like, a fidgety. Yeah, super fidgety, swaying back and forth and stuff like that. And then there's, like, an ad that pops up for a baby. Like, I think it was, like, a show or something talking about, like, pregnancy. And then he looks at the cop. He's like, oh, she's pregnant as well, by the way. And I'm like, you think that would have been, like, one of the first things you fucking said? Yeah. Like, oh, but my pregnant wife is missing. But he yeah, says it's, like... with our two children probably a few hours after they've already the cops been there you know i thought yeah, that was one of the first things you freaking stupid and then after chris left um nate told the cop he's like he's acting weird he's acting fidgety mm-hmm. all this stuff yeah. so nate's like the neighborhood gossip that normally you're like dude this guy but in this case you're like dude this guy (laughs) yeah true hero i mean i don't want that guy around if i'm having a party but (laughs) Uh uh-uh he's gonna rat me out but if i'm getting murdered nate i want you watching watching. (laughs) and hopefully intervening if you see it happen somebody's (laughs) watching me yeah that's the guy's theme song (laughs) all right so at this time the uh the missing police report is filed the police make several flyers and canvas the neighborhood trying to get any possible information or witnesses officers note how nonchalant chris is he's asked them like we said before if he should be looking for shanann like obviously but he didn't really seem too concerned that she was missing later that evening the police tried calling him several times but chris did not answer they finally they received a phone call from him around 2 a.m on a different number he said something was wrong with his phone. He said he had not heard anything, but gave the police numbers uh, to a few of Shanann's friends. He now is saying that him and Shanann had their emotional conversation around 4 a.m. when he woke up. Which, this is like, <laughs> if your wife's missing, you would be answering your phone. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't just be letting it go. Having it. And you would be you. calling in, trying to reach the police before they were trying to reach you. I wouldn't wait around for them to call me. I'd be calling them and be like, did you find her? Did you find my kids? Yeah. And, uh, this guy is just, he's the worst. He's, uh, yeah, and then to change it from 5 a.m. to now 4 a.m. Yeah. And I was actually reading the police report, and the cop was asking him, you know, do you think that Shanann has, um 
like is she dating anyone on the side or anything like that like and then he's like oh I don't know I mean she could be possibly like trying to I don't, like no she's definitely not she's 100% trying to make her look bad she doesn't have any time to do that or anything like that and then um and then the cop's like well do you are you dating anyone and he's like I no I haven't done that and then I guess he like lowered his head all weird and stuff but <laughs> she's all trying to like <laughs> Sidetype it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Chris said he was going to go to work still the next day just to get out of the house. Which is weird. She, I know. Shadan's mother calls the police again. I'm guessing that she had talked to Chris in between him getting to work. And um, so, because she tells the police that Chris is not acting right. And like, how could he go to work when his family's missing? Um, so Shadan's mother again is just like, you guys need to take a look at Chris. Like, she's like, this guy's shady. He's not acting right. Sure he knew, yeah. Yeah. So August 14th, which is the next day, the police come with the dogs to get um, the scent of Shanann. And they notice that the entire house has been cleaned. They said it smells of cleaning chemicals. The carpet has vacuum lines in it. The girls' beds, um, all the sheets and everything were, like, washed and made so just doing some light cleaning light cleaning i mean (laughs) that's obviously a crime scene (laughs) because you're not going to be cleaning oh i'm just this is distracting which i think is what he said to he's like oh it just helps me stay busy you know it keeps me distracted and i'm like how about you stay busy by looking for your family yeah cleaning up your house with a whole bunch of bleach super weird and the next day the 15th uh, two days after Shanann and the kids are missing, the police do another search of the house, and Officer Steve Walge, or Walge, he found two pillowcases and one top sheet in the kitchen trash, which is so stupid, because it's so blatantly out there. <laughs> That's the same when Scott Peterson put his wedding album in the trash while the police were still searching his house. Oh, oh like, that was the other thing. Stupid uh, can you get that Chris Watts called the school like the day that they went missing right and mm-hmm. was um saying like oh they're not going to come to school today or something like that what yeah super weird I, I remember reading that actually and there's just little things like that I'm like why would you give yourself away dude yeah I think he also was looking at how to sell the house too around this time frame people Probably. don't realize what their they're phone's just- memory hangs on to <laughs> yeah you, uh, just a helpful tip for everybody out there if you delete your history it's still there <laughs> they'll be able to you delete that text it's still there it's still there so at this time a lot of people were calling in this to the station thinking they had seen like possible sightings of shenan and the kids they thought she had been seen at the gas station mcdonald's walmart a couple other places and police followed up on everything which is amazing that they did that yeah um i mean there's probably they, like 10 people that live there but you know <laughs> i know they're like she was at the one gas station the one mcdonald's yeah Walmart. um but as um you know you already know she <laughs> she was not there <laughs> neither were the kids um so watts was arrested on august 15th he failed a polygraph test and after asking for his father confessed to the murders in his confession, he complained that he had he claimed that he had asked Shanann for a divorce and that she had refused and then out of anger strangled their girls. And so he in turn strangled her in a fit of rage after seeing her killing their daughters. Bullshit. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I actually am going to play for you um, a clip. So this this is like, they called him in for a polygraph. And if you watched uh, the video, I actually watched a good chunk of the full video. It's like, it's like eight hours long. So it's pretty long. Um, in the documentary, they make it seem like he confessed in seconds. But it was like about six hours into this that he actually yeah, started to confess yeah but before he took the polygraph the lady was the detective was like just so you know if you did this you're an idiot for coming in here and taking a polygraph yeah. and he's like oh okay well fine like he's just I'm, confident I'm i guess he's gonna it. pass it i have no idea and nice. then he gets asked you know after he fails it obviously they're mm-hmm. egging him for hours until eventually the detective puts the thought in his mind. She's like, well, did Shanann do something? And I think that's where he concocts this idea like, oh, shit, I could get away with this a little bit if yeah. I put pin the more terrible murders on Shanann. Mm-hmm. And like, his t- we, like, the guy didn't have a plan. Like, the wheels are turning while he's in the interview. But let yeah, me... You didn't think about this? Didn't think about that. Let me play this for you. <laughs> bubbling like a baby and totally playing it up and his dad it's so gross to watch the video because his dad is like rubbing his back like there there and even the detective yeah and they're like oh we understand you know you're a good guy blah 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 it's pretty no no, you're not (laughs) oh you're not so um chris his whole story was that he had only killed shanann because shanann had killed her children uh, later, this would prove to be untrue. Um, they didn't find out for a while. He kept sticking to that story. Um, but later, when he was in prison, he confessed in a letter that he had actually strangled both of the girls and then Shanann afterwards. And then the girls had woken up, like, um, and then he had taken them to the work site and smothered them there again. And <sighs> then he was mad that they had woken up. So he strangled them just enough to like them pass out and then while he was strangling Shanann they got up and were probably you know super confused disoriented um and went into the room and I think it was Bella who actually saw him or Cece I don't remember which one now I think it was Cece Um, Cece yeah saw him like her dead mother basically and she, he was like oh mom's sick and was like wrapping her in a blanket and so then he took them re-strangled them and then was mad that he had to do it over again Ugh, such a it's fucking ridiculous. monster yeah so I mean yeah. 
the cops, I mean, he, he, they knew he was guilty of doing it all, um, before it went to trial because they, they prosecuted him like, you know, first degree for everything. But he still tried to hold on to this story, I think, for a while. And then little by little, things started coming out. Chris later wrote about Shanann's murder, saying, Isn't it weird how I look back and what I remember so much is her face getting all black with streaks of mascara. All the weeks of me thinking about killing her and now I'm faced with it. When she started to get drowsy, I somehow knew how to squeeze the jugular veins until it cut off the blood flow to her brain, and she passed out. I knew if I took my hands off of her, she would still keep me from Nikki. They asked me why she couldn't fight back. It's because she couldn't fight back. Her eyes filled with blood, and as she looked at me and she died, I knew she was gone when she relieved herself. So we're going to talk about who this Nikki person is. Um, in just a second you know it takes um strangulation is it's so yeah it's a whole different level of killing someone so it's kind of like a process killer um versus like a product even though he was doing it for a result that's why he's a little bit complicated but to strangle someone like that, and especially, he didn't smother her with a pillow. He, like, looked her in the face while he strangled her, which is just completely morbidly disgusting. A lot, a lot of anger. A lot of like, anger. Like, he wanted to see her die. Yeah, there, so there's different killers, you know, and we'll talk about this probably at some point. Like, there's, you know, obviously the ones that shoot, stab, poison, all these different things. But strangling someone with your hands around their neck like this and feel like you're feeling the life leave them that's like a whole different that's a complete complete psychopath um ugh so gross uh the next day after so after this this went on you know for a long time and then he admitted that he had killed or that he had disposed I guess of the bodies he said he wasn't hadn't admitted yet that he had killed the girls and they found Shanann in a shallow grave at Chris Watts and Darko Petroleum Worksite. And Celeste and Bella were found in these big giant oil wells. There was a tiny, oh, what was it, eight inches, the opening? It was eight inches. So the opening was eight inches that he shoved these little girls through into this, just to be covered by oil, basically. They had to drain the oil well to pull them out, and Celeste was found wearing a diaper. She's a baby, obviously. And the girls were completely covered in oil, and their bodies were decomposing in this oil. It's so terrible. Autopsy showed that Bella had fought back against her father and had bitten her tongue, and she had some scratches on her body by being shoved through that opening, that small little opening. And oxycodone was found in Shanann's system, so it's probably likely that Chris drugged her before he killed her to also help with her not fighting back. I mean, we know she had lupus and stuff and she was pregnant, so she's probably already pretty weak, but then he's like, let's get this job done. This is this is definitely a premeditated murder. This is not a passion murder or anything. So we're going to back it up to before the murders. Shanann and the kids were on vacation in North Carolina vis- visiting 
her and Chris's families. Chris was supposed to follow after. Um, and then during this time, Shanann told friends that something was off with Chris. Um, he wasn't acting normal, like um, missing calls to her, um, not texting her back, stuff like that. Um, and she was absolutely correct. So he was having an affair with his coworker, Nicole Lee Kessinger, the entire time Shanann and the kids were gone. Um, so eventually, Chris did leave for North Carolina, um, and then he was still actively talking to Nikki this t um, entire time, and she claimed that um, she was under the impression that he was separating and had plans to sell the family home after he and Shanann and the kids got back. Um, so she even, during this time, was helping him look for apartments so that he and the girls would have somewhere to stay after he moved out from the house. Like, where, where's Shanann gonna go? I mean... Right? So, what the what the fuck? He's already, like, yeah. planning this, basically. I know. He is. He actually said later that... So, at one point, when Shanann and the kids were gone in North Carolina, him and, um, and Nikki went to some, like, dune buggy place, and he said that was the time where he realized he wanted to kill Shanann. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, so he'd been planning this for a bit, <laughs> and... Um, so since his arrest, Chris Watts has said that he killed his family because of Nikki. Um, he was obsessed with her. He wanted to be with her. Um, and then he wanted his first son to be with her. But, you know, problem, Shanann's pregnant with their son. And so he attempts to terminate Shanann's pregnancy by giving her oxycodone um, while they're in North Carolina. So when they found that in her system, like what... Um, the thought is, is that he had given that to her so that he could kind of incapacitate her while he was strangling her. But he had already been dosing her with it, trying to get her to terminate uh, uh, or to, so you know, lose the baby. And um, he thought it would be easier to leave Shanann if, um, and be with Nicole instead if there wasn't a baby. So, um, and then at this time, he also says he didn't want to be with Shanann because he felt like she was too controlling, that he didn't have a voice in the relationship, that she didn't respect him, she spent too much money, was too concerned with appearances, um, and that he didn't feel like Nikki had those issues, um, which is why you get a divorce and not yeah. kill I your mean, spouse. <laughs> I, so I was reading the police report, and he was telling the cop that like uh, Shanann would always check his phone. And she was the one who controlled, like, the bank accounts. Like, he didn't even know, like, some of the passwords and codes of things. So, definitely there was a hierarchy there and a lot yeah. of issues. But, I mean, obviously it's mainly commitment issues. So, yeah. Divorce, guys. Divorce. Or separate. Yeah, you I ever, mean, if you're too yeah, broke to divorce, you can at least be like, we are separating. I am going to move out. This is happening. There's a lot of steps to take before resulting to I have to murder her it's the only way <laughs> this is the way <laughs> uh, after the murders Nicole FaceTimed him the morning of August 13th actually and he was laying on a mattress with no sheets on and she thought that was weird and he said oh they're in the wash and the girl's sheets were dirty so he's washing them which if you guys remember they were not in the wash and there was nothing in the wash except like some of the girl's clothing which I think was actually in the dryer Nikki came to the police uh, with her father on her own free will uh, because she said Chris is just not acting normally to any of this. And actually, if you notice, when you watch the Netflix documentary, you'll see Chris is on his phone. He's actually texting Nikki the whole time while the cop is there. Like, 
like a fucking weirdo. Um, but yeah, Nikki said Chris is not acting normally to the disappearance of his family. He doesn't really seem to be too worried about it. Kind of weird. She said they met in early May or June of that year, 2018. They were both co-workers at the Anadarko Petroleum Center, which is where she contracted in the health and safety department. Uh, she said he didn't have his wedding ring on or mentioned that he had a wife and kids when she first met him, and then later he started mentioning his kids, and she thought it was cute that he had kids, um, even though she said, yeah, I, you know, I, I did picture myself having kids with him, but it didn't necessarily bother me that he already had kids. Uh, he said that he did have a wife, but they were in the middle of processing a separation, which makes sense that she would think that because Shanann and the kids were in North Carolina for so long. If I had met him at the same time, I probably would have thought the same thing. Oh, yeah, I would have believed it. I'd been like, why aren't you on vacation? Yeah, like, family? oh, we're going through a separation. Okay, that makes sense, right? I, I don't know. Um... She didn't know his wife's name for, like, a really long time, I guess, and they talked every day, and they were, you know, talking at work, through calls, through texts. He later said that he would use this, like, secretive app that he had that was disguised as, like, a calculator on his phone so that Shanann wouldn't see it because Shanann would check his phone. Dude, thank super weird yeah oh, i didn't even oh know you could do gosh. that like cheating is like next level these days guys <laughs> but, <laughs> with technology they're always finding a way yeah because she had <laughs> sent him pictures and stuff of herself you know some mm -hmm. booty call pictures and everything and i was shanann's like why can't you do simple math <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah the the, why are you always on that calculator <laughs> but yeah he had and he'd use his work phone too to like message her and stuff like that so and then they would go on dates or go to her house and stuff she said when he did talk about his family and separation from his wife she didn't really see any red flags he was always respectful and very like matter of fact like i said non-confrontational he never seemed upset about anything he seemed really moderately behaved and said that chris told her the divorce was mutual like it wasn't just one-sided. She actually didn't even know that Shanann was pregnant until she went missing, which is, I feel like, common. That's, like, exactly what happened with Scott Peterson. Um, and the newspaper articles reported that she was 15 weeks pregnant. That's when she found out. So she had to read about this in the paper, which is terrible. Um, at this point, she said she had been texting with Chris, and she was breaking up with him because he lied to her. And then she said that she deleted his number and all the text messages, and that's why, but uh, we think that it's more like she didn't want some stuff getting out there, some pictures getting out there. So, <laughs> yeah. So throughout the interview, uh, Nikki keeps saying stuff like, oh, it happened so long ago. Everything happened so long ago. I don't remember the details, which is interesting because, you know, <laughs> Shanann and the kids went missing in August and they supposedly only started talking, you know, like this in isn't junior high June. where your so, relationships last two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Like you would remember it's, that's not that long ago. Um, it was like months, not years. Um, so this made me feel like she was just not being very forthcoming, even though she did go to the police first. Um, I don't really necessarily think that she was guilty, but it, it, it looked pretty bad. She was very concerned about the texts between the two of them getting out. She was just like, oh, I don't remember this. I don't remember that. Um, 
she was also just a shady person in general. So after the investigators got to um, got her phone, they found Google searches nine days before the murders that Nikki was looking at wedding dresses for two hours. Um, she had searches for marrying your mistress and man I'm having an affair with says he'll leave his wife. And then after her arrest searches changed, um, so after Chris Watts's arrest, her searches changed to did people hate Amber Frey? And um, then looked up like how much Amber was worth and how she got her book deal. And then Google can police <laughs> yes, trace you text messages, <laughs> which is my personal favorite because I just like, yeah, everything you deleted. They see. They see that you sent, like, your naked pics to him. I they, uh, they I have some everything. pretty stupid so. things in my Google search, I'm not going to lie. Uh, Same. I probably look like a serial killer. Um, <laughs> well, especially but... doing all of these episodes. <laughs> the stuff yeah. that I'm looking up, it's like, uh... Um, so since Chris Watts' arrest, two people have come forward saying they also had affairs with him. Um, those have not been confirmed by police and watched the guy, these affairs. <laughs> I don't. Um, I, I mean, know. this this guy's like a four at best. Seriously, a <laughs> Colorado like six, a Colorado four, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, a Colorado four. Jeez, that's like I had a, a conversation. <laughs> LA negative three. <laughs> oh, okay, that's messed up. All right, uh, so, um, so the first guy. Um, yes, guy who said he had an affair with Chris Watts was Troy Bolt. Um, Troy said, Bolton? Yes, Troy Bolton. It was that guy from. So, <laughs> so He said they were together for 10 months. Um, mm, and no. then, like, this guy couldn't even get through, like, a three-month relationship without killing his wife. He wasn't with somebody for 10 months. And, um, like, to just be all, all, okay, now all of a sudden he's bisexual? Like, yeah. Yeah. No. Like, he never showed, I mean... Yeah, that could happen, like, if he was repress- repressing, like, who he was, but I I don't think that was the case. I don't think so either. Also, he was, like, really overweight, I think, until right before he met Nicole. Yeah. I don't know if he... He wasn't, like, morbidly obese or anything like that, but... Yeah. But he, he wasn't He wasn't healthy. He was no prize. <laughs> and so, <laughs> the second person was Amanda McMahon, who says that they had an encounter where they met up at a Chick-fil-A parking lot... They went to her house and then played out a rape fantasy. I mean, who doesn't love some chicken nuggies and some bondage foreplay? <laughs> Seriously. I'ma smack my whip in your Chick-fil-A sauce. <laughs> yeah, they're just rubbing the Chick-fil-A sauce on each other. That's I almost got Chick-fil-A yesterday, but I have to drive several hours to get Chick-fil-A, so it's a big commitment. Oh and it's not that great. I wasn't really considering driving several hours to, Chick- to go to Chick-fil-A. I was just on the road. And I was actually driving up from L.A., and I was like, you know, I haven't had Chick-fil-A in a while. I'm going to, like, Google search where Chick-fil-A is around here and see. And it was super far away, and I was like, it's not that great. Like, the only cool thing about it is their sauce. I, I don't like really their understand sauce, their and rage. I like their waffle fries, and that's about it. Like Waffle fries. I don't want to spend $10 on a chicken sandwich People just because it has pickles. People are great. They're wilding about Chick-fil-A. Do like, you- your brother? <laughs> yes, my brother's one of those people. And it's funny because every time he wants it, it's always Sunday. And we're like, God damn it. <laughs> when I was driving yesterday, I pulled over the and there was chicken. a Popeye's chicken. And I was like, is this like the same thing? But then there was 
it didn't look good. There was like paper wrappers on the floor. The guy looked like he just hated his life working there. And I was like, I don't know. I think I'm going to go with Subway. But <laughs> that's why you always get uh, the Scott Peterson special at In and Out instead. In and Out. Yeah. Chicken nuggets, though. Chicken nuggies. All right, so as you can already see, things happened pretty fast with this case. Um, he, so let's see, Shanann went missing on Monday morning, and I think it was Thursday that he confessed. So this was a very, very fast, quick case and everything. Um, and great police work, to be honest. These. These police officers, the one thing I really appreciate about the Netflix documentary was it showed a lot of police footage uh, straight from their body cams. And these guys were out there with flyers, like they were um, canvassing the neighborhood, they were stopping people on the road, asking if they had seen Shanann and the kids. I was pretty impressed by yeah, that. Yeah, so like we said, that Frederick, Colorado was only 13,000, you know, something people. So I'm guessing these were county police. Yeah, um, and not specifically for that town. So I'm sure if there's a lot of small little towns in that area, I'm sure they had their plate full. But um, they did a I mean, they, really this good was job. Definitely like one of the bigger things. I mean, I don't think they've really even had a case like that there before. No, they said in Frederick that was the only violent crime for 2018. Like which we're we're from. That's unheard of. So. <laughs> it's like, what day of the week is it? It's all New Year's <laughs> Eve and there's five homicides. You're like, what? Oh my god. <laughs> Good old California. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I was I was pretty impressed. And even in the beginning, like, when I was reading the police reports, they're very thorough. The, um, I'll put the police... I think I will put the police reports on the Patreon for you guys. Yeah, they're but, already up on the Patreon. Okay, they're already up on there. But mm-hmm. it's like a 2,000-page report and it's very detailed. Um, it's actually where I pulled 95% of the information from this from. Uh, but the officer that, like, showed up in the beginning, I was pretty impressed with his whole not, let's just crash the front door down. You know, he was like, I need to wait for the owner. I need to make sure that I have actual permission. He even asked if he had permission to film. Like, he did everything pretty yeah. good. And even when the neighbor, Nate, was like, oh, I think he's guilty, um, he was just you know, we don't really know this guy's situation. Let's be a little bit more understanding and stuff like that. So I was pretty impressed with that. Uh, so this case went to trial pretty quickly. And after his arrest, Chris Watts was denied bail at his first hearing. And then his second hearing, they gave him a $5 million bail with the stipulation that he had to pay 15% of to get out, which was $750,000. So like I said, these guys are bankrupt. So I... I don't think he was uh, able to do that. (laughs) On November 6th, which is today, actually, but um, November 6th, exactly two years ago, 2018, uh, Chris Watts pled guilty to the murders. Shanann's family... Happy guilty day. Yeah, happy guilty day. Uh, Shanann's family actually requested the death penalty be taken off the table because they didn't want to see any more deaths come out of this, which I think that's pretty amazing. Um... It's pretty big of them to do. I don't know nah. if I could do the same. Like, if somebody killed one of my pets, I'd be like, <laughs> I want to see some punishment. <laughs> Kill them all. No, I'm just kidding. No, but, like, kill them all. <laughs> yeah, let them burn. I want their aunt dead. I want their grandpa dead. No, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> but, it's, uh, like, that's it's, a lot. Yeah. I was watching a documentary on a different murder, 
And they were, you know, um, talking with the victim's parents, and she was like, it's a life for a life, you know. And I was thinking about that, and I'm like, yeah, a lot of people feel that way. So I don't think if someone murdered my daughter that I would be so... I would try to be... I'd say now I think I'd try to be forgiven. I don't don't think I would... (laughs) Yeah, I don't think I would say, like, oh, make sure the death penalty is off the table. But I wouldn't be like, make sure they get the death penalty. I'd be like, (laughs) let the chips fall where they may. (laughs) Let the jury decide. (laughs) Yeah, that's for the jury. I ain't gonna cry about it, though. (laughs) Um, nope. (laughs) On November 19th, he was sentenced to five life sentences. Three consecutive and two concurrent with uh, without the possibility of parole. And an additional 48 years added on for terminating Shanann's pregnancy and 36 years for three charges of tampering with the body because he moved the bodies after doing that. Yeah, he's never getting out. <laughs> no, he's never getting out. No. Uh, Judge Marcello Kopkow, which is interesting last name, Kopkow. <laughs> he told the court that it was the worst crime he had ever seen in his 17 years of work as a judicial officer. Watts' bail was obviously revoked at this point, and he was taken into custody at Colorado Prison. So on December 3rd of the same year, Watts was moved because of security issues. There was the possibility that he would be beaten up or killed because everyone in prison knew what he had done to his children. So two days after his removal, he was placed in Dodge Correctional Institution, which is a maximum uh, maximum security prison in Wisconsin, and he'll continue the rest of his sentence there. So if the there is one thing that other people in prison don't like, it's rapists and child murderers. Yeah, they'll find out and they're going to come after you. So, um, so now. Watts is on lockdown in his cell for 23 hours a day. He's only allowed one hour to shower or exercise and is allowed to have a Bible, TV, radio, and family photos um, in his cell. Watts claims that he has found God in prison, um, but that he's also still in love with Nicole, but he... (laughs) After three months. Right. Um, (laughs) Forget the years with Shanann and your children. What did Nicole do that was so mind-blowingly awesome? (laughs) Seriously? Like, Vagina tastes like bubblegum or what? (laughs) Like, I'll have three tits? No, but anyway, (laughs) so... But even though he says he's still in love with Nicole, uh, he regrets what he did. Um, As part of the book, Letters from Christopher, Watts includes apology letter to Shanann's family, saying he loves them and hopes one day they can forgive him. Uh, so then he nope. said that he <laughs> right, he said that he reads to his girls from the Bible every night and feels like they're there and he hopes that his family and Shanann's family can come together to remember the good times, which uh, that's never so gonna happen. gross to say. You literally sucked like watch your children's life get sucked out of them as you murdered yeah. them. Yeah. If anything, it's their haunting spirits that you're reading to yes. following around. Um, and on that note, <laughs> he said that he claimed to have a demon inside of him. Um, that they is why do. he committed the murder. I know, seriously. Okay, son of Sam. <laughs> yeah. And then he said that he saw a man and a woman in his cell wearing Victorian clothing with red eyes. Um, it was the Bloody Mary that made me do it. <laughs> yeah. I should never have looked in the mirror. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I remember doing that and actually freaking myself out as a little junior higher. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think everybody did. And guess what? She never came. So She never came. Now she's going to uh-huh. haunt me. 
tonight. Probably. She's happen. like, she's like, I hear you. I'm I on hear my you. Way. Just say it one. It's like Beetlejuice. Say it one more time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Dr. Phil actually did a pretty interesting podcast on Chris Watts that I listened to a little bit. Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil. Boy, I'm about to change your life. We're going to turn this thing around. (laughs) My favorite Dr. Phil episode is, what's the girl that now is like super famous? Cash me outside. Yes. He's just like looking at her like, I need to slap you, basically. Dude, I don't know how he did it. I don't like, know, I know she was either. like 14 or something. But yeah, like, she girl. was so young. Oh my gosh. Now she's like a popular story on Snapchat or something. But Dr. Phil actually did an interesting podcast on Chris and he pretty much talked about how Chris is faking all this. <laughs> He's I like, agree. Mr. Um, you're going to change your life is like, no, yeah. you did it. You're faking yeah. it. He says, you know, Chris is an extreme narcissist, and he's just looking for any possible way to get anyone to like him despite all the horrible shit he did, which I agree with that. Because, like, the confession tapes, you know, when the detective is like, oh, well, maybe Shanann did something, he's like, oh, this is a way that I can get me murdering Shanann not seem that bad, is if Uh I say, well, Shanann killed the kids, so I killed her. And actually, one thing we didn't really talk about was the frenzy on social media that happened while uh, after he got arrested until his court date, because mm-hmm. people were like going, they were basically snooping all over Shanann's Facebook and coming to their own conclusions. And, you know, some people were like victim blaming, like, oh, well, she was. She was just a bitch. So, so that's annoying why I and a bitch yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And he, she had it coming, which I'm like, okay, yeah. I don't want to go and get drinks with this girl or anything like that. But she did and not have it coming. No, she didn't And have neither it did those two little girls. No, never, the, never. The unborn baby. But yeah, people were totally going back and forth on this. I mean, at one point, Shanann's dad had to, like, address the media and be like, can you guys get on with your lives and leave ours alone? I was mm-hmm. like, jeez. But he is just, you know, trying to play up this whole redemption thing and, like, cater to probably you know born again christians being like look at me i changed my life around i'm i'm gonna go to heaven someday and and dance with my little girls again and i'm just like no yeah so in that that book letters from christopher which um is also by sherilyn Cadle, um he she contacts him first and wants to write about his story and that's when he writes and is like oh i found god now and um I want you to publish these letters asking, you know, for for, for, um, for forgiveness from Shanann's family, my family, to Shanann and the little girls. And he, like, writes letters to his kids from prison. And I just feel like it's a way for him to kind of trick her, the author, um, Cadel, so that she'll write this stuff and he'll get out there into the public as, like, a way of communication to be like, look at me, I'm a good guy, I really feel bad for this. I'm writing letters to my dead daughters who I killed and um, from prison. It just seems very fake. And um, there's people that definitely buy into it. There's these women who I know we've talked about before, um, not in this case, but who are writing him because they think they're like in love with him. And they're like, oh, you're innocent. You didn't do this. Free Chris Watts. Yes. And like one of those oh, letters. Oh, was it Candace 
right? Yeah. One of those letters is on our Instagram, so you can see that. It's like, she's so hot, or he's so that hot. That girl <laughs> is crazy. I'm like, <laughs> he, he killed his wife and his daughters. He has admitted to it, and he tried to frame his wife for killing the girls. So, like, what? There's nothing attractive about this guy at all. But he works out. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> so do other people who don't kill their families. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think that this case was so popular lately because of social media. Because, yeah. so during quarantine, if you're like myself, I mean, the first few months, like, I didn't even see my family that lives 20 minutes away. I saw them through the screen. So we've all been glued to our phones this entire year and the TVs and everything like that. And the thing that was really interesting about this documentary that Netflix put out is they pulled a lot of footage from Shanann's Facebook and social media accounts. So Mm -hmm. You feel like you're in their lives. Yeah, and that's the thing about social media is you feel like you know that person even if you don't and you feel like... You know their life. You know, oh my gosh, it's so funny. Chris is so funny. Ha 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 ha. Look at him wrestling his kids and stuff. And it's like we, that's what's so crazy. Is we see this dad who's so caring and loving. And oh my gosh, he's a good dad. And his, I mean, one of the parts that really got to me was like a footage of the girl, like one of the daughters singing, like that her dad's her hero. I was like, Ugh. It's so sad. It's so sad. But yeah, we, we all... We actually um, connect with the victim this time, where most of the times we're just talking about the killer and focusing on that, and a lot of times Mm -hmm. the victim is kind of a nobody. Not that, you know, victims are nobodies, but we don't have this much interest normally in the victim specifically, or we don't get to see them and feel this personal connection, which is Mm -hmm. one of the free... It was actually really eerie watching... The documentary because I'm like she's telling us her life story but she's dead like yeah. it was so weird and scary creepy super creepy actually mm-hmm. but I think that that is kind of why this blew up and like we said you know she's kind of a she's a very relatable person a lot of moms out there I said are doing like these uh, you know level pyramid jobs working from home they have this you know kids like all this normal routine stuff she didn't have like this glamorous life she had she had an average she was a very relatable person I felt like and that's why this was just such a crazy interesting thing and also I'm sitting there looking on the couch looking at uh you know (laughs) everyone I'm like you can trust no one (laughs) basically yeah and I remember you were telling me earlier that um Another sign that you couldn't trust Chris Watts was that he was eating mac and cheese and drinking milk. Again, the double <laughs> so, dairy. The double dairy. Down with that double dairy. Down. If the they're dairy. down with that double dairy, they're down to kill you. It's. <laughs> That's not you know what? On. <laughs> I think the only reason I'm even ragging on people like so Scott Peterson, the night that his wife went missing, if you guys remember, he was eating pizza and drinking milk, which is I just think so disgusting and so like what are you in a college fraternity? I mean, come on. But Chris Watts during his FBI interview, he was casually sitting there drinking milk, eating mac and cheese. Now this is obviously he's in a prison. I don't know what the options are. Maybe that's the best thing they got that day, but it's still just like too much dairy. (laughs) Now he's like eating Alfredo 
drinking you know, some dairy. Maybe I'd be more down <laughs> with the double dairy if I wasn't so down with the sickness. <laughs> Both of us are lactose intolerant. Let's not get too detailed but <laughs> get down with the double dairy. Maybe this is us just being jealous. I but think it I is. really think that I'm going to start looking from now on to see if these guys who commit these like awful murders eat double dairy. And then we're going to write a book and we're going to have something named for us this finding this phenomenon. That's what's going to happen. The double dairy. Yes. Double dairy murders. Oh, yeah. gosh. So some of our source... Well, okay. Before we do our sources, we owe Brandon two more shots. Oh, my God. I forgot. I did. <laughs> they have been staring at me this whole time, and my liver's been like, really? <laughs> Again? <laughs> I did finish my gin drink, which was pretty good, and a fruity bouquet. <laughs> the blueberry's pretty nice. Um, I've been on, like, a blueberry kick lately. I've been putting blueberries on everything, like on my waffles, salads, yogurt, no in my gin drink. They're delicious. I'm going to take these two shots. Cheers. Thank you again, Brandon. Well, cheers you through. (laughs) One thing about taking two shots in a row is, do you remember that video that went viral and this guy is like, t- he's drinking a beer flight, and he takes like one, two, three, and then you hear like a girl's like, Steven, no, you did this last time. And he's like yep. looking at her, making eye contact, and he's slowly drinking the last shot. And we're just yep. like, why is that always us? <laughs> People always tell us to stop, and then we stop uh... drinking. And then we're crawling on the floor uh, trying to get more. I don't understand the problem. I don't. (laughs) Okay. Tequila. Tequila. So some of our (laughs) sources, we did not just, you know, pull our info from the Netflix documentary. We actually tried to do a little bit more outside the box research here. So uh, like I said, I pull a lot of my research was done from the Weld County case files, which we have on our Patreon you can look at. Um, you can also just Google search them, to be honest. Uh, and then Mia News, um, the Weld County taped interview with Nicole Kessinger, who you said I think is like changing her name now. Yeah, like she's uh, trying to change her name because she's got a lot of flack, obviously. <laughs> um, so. I thought that's what you wanted, girl. I'm like, you wanted fame, so here it is. Um, yeah, so she's changing her name. That interview was a struggle to listen to. It was like two and a half hours, <sighs> and her voice is just annoying. Not it. <laughs> yeah, she's just like, yeah, I, he killed her. <laughs> I was just <laughs> like, um, lay off the Marlboro. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's funny because we're just like annoying. I want to murder annoying people sometimes, but not really. And then we're annoying. Annoying. I know. I'm annoying. Was it, um, what's that one podcast? Uh, My Favorite Murder. They always say, was it Stay Sexy, Don't Get Murdered? I'm just like, don't be annoying, don't get murdered. (laughs) (laughs) That's our slogan. Yes. Uh, So also the book Two-Face Oblivion by Nick Van Der Leek. And Crimola.com. Crimola. I'm like, is that really how it's said? Pronounced? I think so. Crimola. <laughs> it's crime o ole. 
uh, the Denver Post, Letters from Christopher, The Tragic Confessions of the Watt Family Murders by Sherilyn Cadle and Christopher Wass, which is the one we told you, which, by the way, that book, don't buy it. It's fucking $100. Like, I looked at it on Amazon because I was like, oh, I'll just do a quick read of this, you know, before you do this podcast. Cause I sh- and, uh, no. And they don't even have any of the books, like, available for me to skim a little bit on Amazon. No. Like, the digital download, I think, was, like, $75. And I was like, are you kidding me? Or you get yourself a tailor and you get it for free, and that's what I did. In all honesty, in all honesty, though, it was not worth it. Um, I read through it, and there wasn't really any new insights. Everything could be pretty much found on some of those other sources that we gave you, like the case files. Um, and then the letters that he wrote are being posted on the internet, and honestly, it's just a bunch of bullshit anyway, so. I can't believe $100! Yeah. I was like, is it really just because we're all that bored in quarantine right now that we're gonna spend $100 on a fucking book about some fucking psycho? I think it's because it is so popular right now. So it shouldn't like, be. Let's get it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh. Oh my gosh. Uh, also, the New York Post helped us with some stuff, and Washington Post, and of course, the Netflix documentary American Murder, The Family Next Door. Mm-hmm. That is Christopher Watts. I never want to talk about him again. Nope. <laughs> He's done. He's off He's the done. Books. He's lame. Uh, we're, we, you know, I feel like we've been talking. So, we did Scott Peterson, we did Chris Watts. We're going to talk about. Um, actually a female serial killer mm-hmm. in our a next woman. series so a woman treacherous, <laughs> treacherous snake, snake. <laughs> <laughs> we are gonna change it up a bit here and i think um i also want to we've been doing a lot of popular cases lately but we are going to start diving into some more some popular cases still but also some yeah. not so known cases too which you know keep it a little interesting Mm-hmm. Um, thank you guys again for listening. Be sure to follow us on our Instagram at Crimes and Cocktails, and you can sign up to be on our Patreon and get me some cushions for my ears, <laughs> which are cushions. throbbing right now. <laughs> so you'll get Tabitha some cushions, and in return, you'll get some cool Maybe swag. Like tomorrow, you'll like, get some extra content. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Bear with us. You know, we're really, really trying to make these podcasts sound as best as we can. And it's not as easy as I thought it would be. I was like, we hit record and we just started talking. I know. And also, if you heard, you know, the dog barking, we're sorry. And if you heard my cat meowing in the back, I'm sorry. We have pets. They won't shut up. We're sorry about it. with me. I'm also sweating right now as I'm under this very thick comforter blanket <laughs> trying to block out sound I am uh, in a sauna it's hot <laughs> so taking tequila shots under a wooly blanket <laughs> is not <laughs> ideal <laughs> fucking oh my sweating gosh. the spirits out of me right now but you know <laughs> well, thank you guys for listening you guys don't be annoying don't get murdered <laughs> Don't be annoying and don't get murdered. (laughs) Have a good night, guys. (laughs) Good night.